It's playoff week, baby. It's playoff week. During today's show, you guys will hear 49ers versus the Packers. You'll got the 49ers offense versus Packers defense. Jordan Love versus Brock Purdy. What the 49ers defense needs to do to slow down Jordan Love and that explosive offense. Kyle Shanahan versus Matt LaFleur. You also have a variety of different things that come along with those conversations right after this. Welcome back to an episode of Clutch Gene Sports. I'm here with my guy, Rohan Chakavarti. How's it going, Rohan? Doing good, man. It's 49er football time. You know, last week we spoke. It, well, we didn't have really a playoff game. You know, you're looking ahead. You're trying to see who you might play. Everything is set in stone now. The 49ers face off against the Packers. How are you doing, my man? Man, I'm doing great, man. Niners are in the playoffs. Um, the every Everything looks right for the 49ers, right? Like everything you want to possibly happen. Um, to go the way the Niners the way it happened, right? <laughs> Cowboys get whooped on, uh, Rams lose. That sucks. That sucks, right? Actually, it's great. Philadelphia loses. That's even better. Like as a Four Niners fan, everything went exactly how you it could go on Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, now the issue is they do they do face an explosive offense in the Green Bay Packers, and that's what we're here to talk about today. Is, is the Four Niners versus Packers? matchup but before we get started make sure you guys go over to rohan chakavarti's personal channel hit that subscribe button that like button if you're not already on the clutch gene sports channel go to clutch gene sports on youtube make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button as well rohan what are your what were your initial thoughts when the packers blew out the dallas cowboys and we knew at that moment that we were going to be playing the packers first Cowboys were horrible, man. I mean, I don't know what was going on. Everything in that team, like to begin at least, that game was terrible. Um, their defense couldn't cover anything. Jordan Love was dicing it up. But really, I think the number one thing was I was going to be very intrigued how Jordan Love would play against this defense because a lot of people don't know, you know, uh, things outside of the 49ers realm. But Jordan Love has been playing really good football the last six, seven weeks of the season. He was turnover prone to begin the year. A lot of interceptions cut that down tremendously. As a result, the Packers lose only two of their last eight games. They go on a big run to make the playoffs as the seventh seed, and they showed you when we, uh, you know, in the wild card round, they're no joke. They definitely have the arsenal to potentially win um, a, a playoff game, and I think it also told me that the only way right now that you know, or not the only way, but. With the 49ers being 9.5 point favorites, you know, with the talent disparity, I'm wondering whether we'll see a shootout in this game because that is, in my opinion, the only way Green Bay can pull this one out. Yeah, absolutely. So my initial thoughts, uh, to be honest, on everything was it was a little bit weird. I was like, dang, like Dallas is really getting their asses handed to, right? Like that's obviously it was like, whoa, was not expecting, right? But then as I'm watching, I'm like, man, we're also playing a very explosive Packers team who has a young quarterback, who has young talent. This is not the same Packers team, in my opinion, that we played in the past. And now the defense is very similar. 
Um, they have the same linebacking core. Um, but when you look at it, their offense is, in my opinion, I think their offense is a little bit better than that what they used to be. Um, and, and that's just kind of and it's kind of weird to say that when their offense had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but now you're playing with a bunch of young players who are proving themselves. They're trying to prove themselves. Um, so for me, that was my initial reaction, my initial thought on that game. On that, I was like, whoa, we're now we're playing an, an, a hot offense who's the last seven, eight weeks has been a top five offense in the NFL. Jordan Love had an 18 to 1 uh, touchdown to interception ratio, uh, which is outrageous if you look at it. Um, and then on top of that, like they're running the ball. Like, what do you got to do in the playoffs? Run the damn ball. They did that very damn well. Now, it is against the Dallas Cowboys defense, who is not good in terms of stopping the run. Uh, but that was my initial reaction. Now, the 49ers are the number one seed. The Packers are the number seven seed, um, which is you don't see the number seven seed ever win because that was the first time you've ever seen a number 17 seed win in the playoffs since they've implemented the seven teams on each side. Um, again, if you guys are on e either channel, drop a comment. What, what are your initial thoughts on the 49ers playing the Green Bay Packers? What were your initial thoughts? And two, make sure you guys subscribe to both channels. Um, that was my initial thought. Now, there's pressure on both teams, right? Like, obviously, the, you're in the playoffs. There's high stakes. The, everything's at high stake. Um, but who, honestly, like, who has more pressure on them, the 49ers or the Packers? A, a young team or a veteran team that was essentially, is essentially the team from the beginning of the season until now have been the favorites to win the Super Bowl? If you're talking about pressure, it's hard to say that the Packers have more than the 49ers. I think undoubtedly, like you just said, this is a seven seed. There's never been a seven seed before in the last, what, since it got implemented three years ago to win a playoff game. Not only did they win a playoff game, they won handedly. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. And so if you're talking about pressure, like uh, our guy here says, it's on the 49ers. It's on the 49ers because they are Super Bowl favorites. If they lose this week, they turn, you know, from a franchise aiming for a Super Bowl and potentially being the Super Bowl favorites to being looked at like the teams that Marco mentioned beforehand, like the Dallas Cowboys, like the Philadelphia Eagles, where you might actually be thinking about potential changes that need to be made on this roster, on this, you know, on the coaching staff, even potentially, even in the front office, whatever you might think. They're, the whole narrative of the entire season shifts if the 49ers don't make uh, or if they don't win this game. When you look at the 49ers' success in the past in the playoffs, they have made it to the NFC Championship in four of their last five years. And that's not enough in terms of fans' eyes and things like that. Could you imagine them not even making it, especially when you consider that the field is probably as easy as it will be in recent memory for the 49ers, whereas they're, and when you look at all the other teams, Jordan Love is the best quarterback that they're going to face in the playoffs in the NFC. Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff, man, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Detroit Lions, respectively. They, you know, they're the, the 49ers should make it to the Super Bowl with the field that they're being dealt. Obviously, nothing's given in the NFL and things like that, but they should. And so a lot more pressure on them. I would agree. I think there's more pressure on the 49ers because when you look at it, you have a lot of, you have aging contracts, players who are aging, right? Trent Williams, George Kittle's getting up there. Um, you have a lot of a lot of big contracts, and and to, for me, when you have a roster that is ready to win now, if you don't win against a, a Green Bay Packers team that's this young, um, I think like like Jack Five Ten said, 
the Packers are playing with house money. Like you're at the point where they weren't expected to make the playoffs. They they were a team that got in late. Um, they've been playing, riding a hot wave. Um, if they come in and beat the 49ers, it's uh, at what point do you start having those conversations? You're going to have conversations come up. Can Brock Purdy lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl? That's going to be the first thing that's going to be on um, certain shows. Not necessarily this show, but like on when you look at the national media, right? That's one of the first questions they're going to do. Look what they did to Dak Prescott, Tua Tagovailoa, um, and those kind of quarterbacks, right? Is he going to be that, that 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 guy? Now, I do think there is a lot of pressure on the Packers as well um, because we also got to realize that Matt LaFleur hasn't beaten the 49ers um, in the past few years. Is he the right head coach? For, for the Green Bay Packers. Now, he just beat Mike McCarthy on the road, which gives you some leeway. Um, he's won playoff games. He's 3-3 three three in the playoffs. Two of those losses coming to Kyle Shanahan already. So there's going to be a conversation. Is is he the coach to lead us past Kyle Shanahan? Because obviously he can't get past Kyle Shanahan. At what point does he get past? So there is pressure on the Packers. It's a very young team, a, a young coach, um, trying to get past a veteran team led by a coach who has proven he could get to the Super Bowl. He could get there. Um, so for me, I think the, the pressure is definitely more on the 49ers. Now, I don't think it's pressure that prevents them from winning. Um, now, the pressure is on the 49ers, but the injury report, I'm going to go over the injury report real quick for both teams. Um, go for it. So we do have the Green Bay Packers, players, notable players that did not practice or were limited during practice. We have um, Jair Alexander did not practice today. Now, today would have been a walkthrough. Um, so not necessarily it's an estimate 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 oh my god I cannot speak estimation of what they would happen and then you have Kenny Clark limited AJ Dillon did not practice you got Kingsley um uh, and Lugbari which is their outside linebacker um did not practice is probably out for the rest of the playoffs um and then there's other guys that are limited um a lot of they have a lot of limited players but again it's they they played on I believe was it Sunday um so since they played on Sunday a lot of their players will be a little bit more limited um, to give them their bodies a little bit more rest time on the 49ers side. Um, everyone was a full participation. The only one that I saw um, that was um, on the injury report that did not practice is clean Farrell. Uh, Colleen Farrell will not be playing um, due to the knee injury he has. Um, the other players that were limited during practice was Drake Greenlaw. He did not practice yesterday, um, but I'm expecting him to be a full go. Um, so that's it on the 49ers side. They're very healthy. Enrique Armstead's um, ready to come back. What are the 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 injury reports? What do those dictate to you, Rohan? Like, obviously, the 49ers are the healthiest they've been all season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is not not banged up. That, that calf injury is is healthy. What does the the injury report mean to you? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about it for the 49ers, sense, this is good news, and this is also ultimately why having the one seed is a lot more valuable. Let's just talk about the other team that could have had the one seed and let it slip away in the Philadelphia Eagles. They came into this matchup without A.J. Brown, and they came into this matchup, you know, a little more depleted than they usually are when you're in that sense. Now, I don't think A.J. Brown changes the, you know, just ultimately changes the narrative, uh, the narrative of that game and how that game goes. But you, you want to be as healthy as you can when you're going into a must-win playoff game. Let's go to the other one seed on the other side, the Baltimore Ravens. They might get their star tight end, Mark Andrews, back, whereas he likely wouldn't have been able to go if they played uh, you know, in the wild card round. You're getting your stars back. For the Niners, it's not only McCaffrey who's been nursing injuries for some portion of the season. It's Ark Armstead, who's your biggest run defender. 
something I mentioned yesterday while on the show with Wayne that I think is going to be ultimately important. When you talk about the you know playoff football, not only is having a balanced attack important, but running the ball becomes more important. And then defensively, stopping the run becomes more important. What did the Packers do in last week's game that show, ultimately showed that they were the better team against the Dallas Cowboys? They stuck with the run. They were more balanced than the Cowboys. When, you know, when his back was against the wall, Mike McCarthy ultimately went back to what he always goes back to. He went back to the dropback game, and it hurt them. The Dallas Cowboys couldn't get anything going offensively in the first half, and when they tried to later on in the game, it was way too late. So I think stopping the run and running the football is important, which is why having those two specific players, Christian McCaffrey healthy and Ark Armstead healthy, is going to be very important for the 49ers in this divisional game. The 49ers right now seems like they're trending up on the injury report. Like you said, only one guy is out in Cleveland Farrell. They have ample depth at defensive line. That's the, the one position that they went to at the trade deadline and before that to kind of acquire talent with Randy Gregory, with Chase Young. So it's not as big of a loss for the 49ers, but you do, you know, this is a, an important sign. And it seems like right now they're trending a little bit better than their opponent. Yeah, and I know I got Alberto Soto here. Uh, he says when you lose and go out like Dallas and give it up in a game, and not go out with a, in a with a fight, and then I would, then I would have the que those questions. But if you go out with the fight, I want to be mad. I'd be mad if the Fortnite's lose this game in, in general. Um, now there there has been a lot of talk uh, between young talent versus veteran talent. You look at the 49ers, right? That are veteran. They're very veteran based on their team. One of the older teams when you look at the playoffs versus the Packers who are. I believe the youngest team in the playoffs, um, and by yeah. far, it's not close. Um, Jordan Love with a lot of young weapons on offense. Um, their defense is fairly young. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of playoff time? Like, it, does young talent versus veteran talent, does that mean anything to you? Because I think the veteran talent has the opportunity because they've been there. Um, if they do get punched, in, if the 49ers do get punched in the mouth uh, to start the game and Packers go up, for example, how they did against early against the Dallas Cowboys, um, I think the Dallas Cowboys wavered. I didn't think they... They settled in the right way. I think the Packers are going to come out swinging um, everything they got. They're going to be throwing all their haymakers in the first quarter. And the reason why they're going to do that is to show the 49ers that they're here to win, right? They're, they're here to compete. Um, and the moment the 49ers go down 7-0, if they do, I mean, it's hypothetical. If they do, I think the veteran presence of the 49ers, guys like Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, Trent Williams, they'll calm the, they'll calm the game down. Versus what happens when young talent goes down? We haven't this young talent to talented team in the Packers hasn't played much playoff games, and the playoff game they did was an absolute blowout. So what happens when it's a actual physical boxing match? What are your thoughts on that scenario, and and how the young versus veteran talent plays plays a role in this game? I think that it does play a role. Um, now. The, to what extent that role plays, I'm not exactly sure. Just because when you look at the Packers team, and still, when you look at a lot of young teams, who are their leaders? It's still a good amount of veteran players. Aaron Jones, like I just said, how important is running the football? Aaron Jones is a veteran. And the Packers did a good job of kind of maneuvering with him throughout the season, making sure he's healthy for the playoffs. And it's paying off because Aaron Jones just ran for 118 yards and three touchdowns. If you look at his end of the season, Aaron Jones right now has gone four straight games over 110 yards on the ground, that is. And so he's been as effective as he's been all season. At the end of the year, he's a veteran. Bakhtiari isn't playing. He's obviously there. But more so when you look at their veterans, it's on the defensive side of the football. 
You're talking about, um, you know, the guys who are kind of emerging a little bit, um, guys like Rashawn Gary, you know, you might consider there, you might consider Devondre Campbell. He's a guy who's been around, uh, you know, a while in the NFL. And then if you look at the, in the middle, it's Kenny Clark, who's been there a little while, not necessarily, you know, on the wrong side of 30 type of players, Preston Smith as well, Jair Alexander as well. But these are guys who are veterans. Now there is a difference between being a veteran and having veteran experience in the playoffs. Now, the main way that you see the Packers offense, or the Packers being young, is the offense. Everybody nearly, everybody he nearly like he has offense. an afro because of his hat. I, I absolutely, absolutely does make you look like you have a fro. Yeah, well, I have one today. But everybody on the offense for the Packers, Jordan Love, he's a first-year starter. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed are all extremely young. If you look at their backups, it's nothing like it's it's not that much different. Dontavion Wakes and Bo Melton are both very young. Luke Musgrave, Tucker Kraft, they're both the tight ends and they're both rookies. You look at the offensive line, I mean, Elton Jenkins is probably their most experienced guy, maybe John Runyon, but those guys aren't necessarily old either. Josh Myers is uh, there he's he was a, a second round pick in 2021 and then Zach Tom was a fourth round pick in 2022 who's uh, transitioned out well at right tackle it's a young group and that's something that you might you know you you might feel the difference of because a playoff intensity at Levi Stadium is it, it's different and you're going to be a young offensive line absolutely it's a it's a young team um, but there's definitely it has a, a veteran coach who's been in the playoffs before. Obviously, he's coached six games now, three for three in the playoffs um, under Matt LaFleur. Um, and you did name some of the, those veterans. You have guys like, I believe, Jair Alexander, um, who is a veteran. Now he's going to be tested against a lot of young, talented, I guess, young slash talented veteran receivers on the Niners side because Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, they've been. So they've been in these situations now. So for them, it's they're young players, but they're also very talented. Now, if you are on Rohan's personal channel, Rohan Chakravarti's personal channel, come to the Clutch Gene Sports channel, hit that like and subscribe button. If you are on the Clutch Gene Sports channel, go to Rohan Chakravarti's personal channel, hit that subscribe and like button. Now we're here for the 49ers offense versus the Packers defense. Now, I'm going to read a quote, and I want you to, to tell me, what this means for the 49ers offense versus the Packers defense. Now, this this quote is going to come from the head coach of the Packers, Matt LaFleur. Um, he was asked about uh, what he's learned from playing against Kyle Shanahan over the years. And the way I think the, the reporter asked this question was more so on the end of offensively, right? Like, you know you're going to have to coach against a very talented uh, Kyle Shanahan offense no matter what. So this is what Matt LaFleur um, answered. He goes, you better play your best and you better buckle buckle your chin strap because they are very physical. They are a very physical team. And if you don't match that physically physicality, they'll run right through you and right uh, run you right off the field. This is a challenge for us. I'm going to say that again. This is a challenge for us. This is me repeating that. This is a challenge for us. So like I said, I have a lot of respect for their play style, their players, their coaches, and you have to play your best in order to play one of the elite teams in the National Football League. What does that quote say about the 49ers offense versus the Packers defense? Because in my opinion, I think the 49ers are setting the tone on offense with their physicality. This is going to be probably the Packers biggest challenge of the, of, of the entire week, because when you look at that Packers defense, that's been their issue the entire year. Not only has the play calling kind of been suspect over the last few years with Joe Barry at the helm, but 
Green Bay doesn't have a great defense. They don't stop the run very well. They aren't really that great against the pass. And what do they do? They run a ton of man coverage. The 49ers beat man coverage pretty well. That's their bread and butter, beating man coverage. And again, Green Bay has good – they have a good corner. Jair Alexander is a good corner. You, you know, they're, they've been able to kind of maneuver around some of the injuries that they faced this season. But the fact of the matter is they're not a very good defense, and they're now going to go face up against one of the more, uh, you know, explosive offenses in the NFL in the 49ers. More importantly, what I mentioned earlier – being balanced is very important in the playoffs. The 49ers are one of the most balanced teams in the NFL and have the opportunity to be very balanced when they want to. They've got a very strong running back uh, room, Christian McCaffrey leading the charge, and you have a good offensive lineman in Trent Williams who the 49ers are able to you know, get a lot of yards when they run behind him. I think that overall, this is a very balanced team, arguably the most balanced team in the NFL with the way that they distribute the ball to all of their weapons. It's hard to run man coverage against them, and that's why it's a very tough matchup for the Packers defense given the way that they've been played and been called earlier this year. So what I took from that quote, um, I thought it was very, very telling from the Packers head coach, right? Talked about physicality. If we don't have the faith, we don't buckle our chin straps. They're going to run right through us, run us off the field. Didn't the Niners do that the past two times we saw you in the playoffs? What happened there, right? Like, to me, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what happened then? Well, I think he's learned that the 49ers are going to come out and they're going to run the damn ball. That's Kyle's MO. Kyle likes to establish the run, go play action. And then from there, he likes to run down your throat even more. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is if the 49ers offense to get to the to the run uh run, I think that they could do whatever they want with this Packers defense. And when I think the Packers do play a lot of man, um, I thought they did a great job mixing it up against the Dallas Cowboys, throwing a lot of different looks at them, throwing a lot of different coverages, um, zone looks, man looks. Um, they're doing a lot of different things, and it was a very it's what confused Dak Prescott. Um, and they did a great job of, of disguising a lot of things. And I think that's the biggest thing is if the Packers can't disguise it and, and confuse uh, Brock Purdy, it's the Niners are dropping 30 plus easily. Um, now, even even if they run the ball all game, I think they're going to drop 30 plus and, and Brock Purdy struggles a little bit. I think they could drop 30 plus run the ball on them. And why I think that is two linebackers on the Packers just aren't great against the run, aren't great against the pass. And, and uh, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. You mean, you mean he's gonna go, they're going to they're going to target him in the passing game. That is a guarantee. That's what Kyle Shanahan will look to identify and do. And when you look and when you look at both of the both of those linebackers, right? Like I was watching them. Um, they they did a phenomenal job against Dallas. That's true. But Dallas doesn't do what the 49ers does. Dallas doesn't use eye manipulation. When I mean by eye manipulation, they don't use these these uh, motions. Out of the backfield, they don't use receivers motioning, tight ends motioning as the snap is going. They don't use misdirection as much as the 49ers do. And I think that's the biggest thing with that Kyle has always got against these Packers, the linebackers, is the misdirection and the eye candy that he does by the motion. Motioning, getting Quay, uh, uh, Quay Walker a step outside exactly where he wants him for his, his guard to pick him up. Um, Devondre Campbell, the past couple of times they played him in the past game, it looks like a heavy run. Devondre Campbell comes up. George Kittle leaks right by him. Um, so that's the, that's the biggest thing is is this Packers defense is solid. They've played. They've been playing a lot better under Joe Barry. 
um, this year, in my opinion, for for what they have had injury wise and stuff like that. In the playoffs, it's a different kind of mentality. If you're not ready to play physical, you're gonna get beat up on, especially with the physical 49ers team who offensively they're gonna they're gonna be as physical as they can, but defensively they're even as physical as their offense. So for me, I think that's the biggest thing from the 49ers offense to the Packers defense. Now, I was on, when I was talking with uh, Jay Harp, who was a former NFL player um, on the podcast on Mondays, we were talking about it. I was like, hey, I was like, what kind of what, what where where do the Packers go defensively coverage wise? And I want to ask you the same thing coverage wise. If you're the Packers defense and you're going up against the 49ers offense, what kind of coverages are you looking to play against? Are you looking to play man zone? What do you do against the 49ers defense? in your uh, 49ers offense, in your opinion, if you're the Packers. Now there's one blueprint out there against the 49ers offense that has proven to be a little successful. You can call it whatever you want with the fluky, uh, you know, turnovers or whatnot, but that was the way that the Baltimore Ravens played the 49ers. And what do they do? They, they played the most zone coverage they played all season. I believe they played around 78 to 80% of that game in zone coverage. They also threatened uh you know threatened the boundaries forcing throws inside the middle of the field but the issue is when you talk about a a strategy like the one the baltimore ravens employed you need specific personnel to be able to match up that well with the 49ers what do i mean by that look at the way baltimore is aligned defensively they have three very talented safeties in Marcus Williams, G- um, Williams, Geno Stone, and then obviously the Swifts Army Knife and Kyle Hamilton. But the way they utilize all three safeties allows them to do different, different things because all three have played at least 10% of their snaps in the box, in the slot, and at free safety. They all are interchangeable and can move around. That allows you to do different things matchup-wise and uh, you know, be be uh, flexible with the way Mike McDonald wants to run that defense. Same with the linebackers. They're fast, they're rangy, and they can do a lot of different things. That's what you need against this 49ers offense. So that's why it's hard to match up with this offense because most teams don't have the personnel required be it the cornerbacks, be it the safeties, be it the linebackers, maybe even the defensive line to match up against the 49ers. The Packers on this hand, I think that they would fare better in zone coverage. However, the question is, do they have the personnel, the, you know, the, the, the instinctual, uh, the secondary players, do they have enough of those guys to make enough plays and force turnovers? Because that's the way you're going to have to beat this team. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you. Like you can't really go man against the 49ers, right? Like if you go man against the 49ers, you do certain things. How do you really man up against a team that has Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and then not just them, you have Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. You just you have to have elite players throughout the entire field in order to match up man to man with them. And, and no team really has that. So what do you got to do against the 49ers? You got to throw a lot of different coverages, uh, whether that's too high. Um, whether you're, you're disguising things. So for me, I think there's no really real way to, to, to match up against the 49ers. It's all about disguising and tricking the 49ers. And that's the only way, in my opinion, you could beat the 49ers if you're disguising things and you're you're in the right coverages at the right time um, against the 49ers. You have to call the perfect game plan, in my opinion, to completely shut the 49ers down. Shout out to my guy, Francisco Nava. Appreciate you for tuning in, brother. Uh, Shanahan about to put them linebackers in a blender. So excited to see this game live for my first playoff game ever. And that's dope, man. Enjoy it. Um, Have fun. Uh, It was a great time being out there, uh, especially during the playoff time. Now, 
I'm curious, Rohan, what do you think? How do the Niners defense at the other end is the Niners don't just have the, an offense in this game, right? They have a defense, yeah. but mm-hmm. the Niners aren't the only explosive offense. I think the, the Green Bay Packers, they are a defense, an offense that could put up points. They're an offense that is an explosive offense. So realistically, this should be a very good offensive game, but the Niners got that kind of defense to slow teams down. What do you think the Niners need to do defensively versus the Green Bay Packers team and vice versa? What are the Packers going to do against the Niners defensively? I think when you're talking about what the what the 49ers defense needs to do against the Packers, well, number one thing is going to be stopping the run. If you can make that Packers offense one-dimensional, not only does it take away the run game, making it harder, but remember what the Packers do. They, they run a similar staple to the 49ers in the play-action game. If they can't effectively run against the 49ers, it's going to hurt them in the play-action game and in the RPO game. I think that's the one main disciple in that LeFleur offense that's a bit different than the Shanahan offense. Those two things, I think it's going to be harder for them to accomplish with the Green Bay Packers. And then after that, it's do you trust your offensive line against the 49ers defensive line when they try and tee things off? I think you don't try and blitz that much. Jordan Love, you don't probably want to blitz him. He showed that he was capable against the blitz against Dallas. I don't know to what degree you want to blitz. If you want him, you need to make sure that they're timely blitzes. Otherwise, he might take advantage of you. And then secondary-wise, the question is, do you want, you know, because of the, the, the uniqueness of their receivers, there's not really that one guy. It's different, different guys that are able to step up. So what responsibilities do you want to give to a guy like Traverius Ward, who is talented enough, but obviously he you, you either you know isolate him against one guy or isolate him against another guy. I think the matchup, though, that you're going to look for is Romeo Dobbs in the slot against Isaiah, uh, sorry, not Isaiah Oliver, Diamondo Lenore, because what they tried to do in this last game was Dobbs was open and they gave too much of a blanket to Dobbs consistently when he was working either on the slot or the outside. You can't allow that. So I'm assuming that the better, you know, the example that the 49ers are going to try and provide defensively with their coverages is more press man, try and kind of jam things at the line of scrimmage, make it harder on love, make him make crisper decisions, make him make, you know, try and get him a little more uncomfortable with his decision-making while also having the pressure get to him. That's kind of the things, uh, the, the, the different uh, nuances that I expect from the 49ers. I think with the, with a lot of young receivers from the Packers, I think you've got to get physical at the line of scrimmage with these guys. You can't let them get free releases. You can't allow them to get into the route. They're very quick. They, 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 the Packers built their offense on speed. And what I mean by speed is if you look at all their receivers, they could scoop. Like if you, they really can run, man. Like, like when you look at Romeo Dobbs, he he could get by you. You look at um, Jaden Reed, he could get by you. Christian Watson, uh, Wicks or Hicks, what have you? I don't, uh, is it Hicks or Wicks? Uh, Wicks, Dante Wicks. Wicks. Um, he could get by. You. So they they built their offense on on speed. That's for sure. Get your hands on, on the receivers on, on the line of scrimmage, um, or at least don't give them any space. Because the moment you give them space, they eat up space. They step on your toes as, as a DB, uh, and that's where their route running. Um, becomes very, very more da- uh, dangerous. Um, but for me, I, I think like Francisco Nava said in, in the chat, I think the return of Armstead is key to this game. Um, being able to stop the run, as Rohan said or, or a few minutes ago, but not only stopping the run, I think what stopping the run allows you to do, um, it allows you not only to make the 
the Packers one dimensional because I think the Packers are capable of becoming one dimensional. They have the quarterback to do it. Like they have a, a good quarterback to go become one dimensional and go straight drop back, get the ball out, shotgun um, is where he lives. So they could do that. Now, I think it, it all comes down to can the 49ers can the 49ers secondary match up against their young receivers and be more physical than the young receivers? Their the receivers are given too much space by a lot of teams when I'm watching them. Dallas Cowboys gave them right. way too much space. The moment you give these young receivers space to work, they're explosive. They're going to do what they do. Put the ball in their hands, and they're going to make plays, just like the 49ers receivers. So for me, I think defensively, it all comes down to Nick Bosa. It all comes down to Chase Young. Can they get pressure without sending blitzes? Um, can, can you get home on passing downs, rushing four? And I think that, to me, is the key. Can Javon Hargrave step up in the playoffs? That's the key to the game because if with Jordan Love, we saw what he did when 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 Dallas Cowboys blitzed him. We see what the, what throughout the league teams are blitzing him. He understands when the blitz is coming, and he did it a few times. Motioned over his receiver. Okay, now we're in man on the back end. Okay, they're sending they're sending everyone. He knows where he wants to go. He is playing like a seasoned veteran. That's what he is doing. Understanding when the pressure is coming, where it's coming from who his hot routes are to me. You cannot send pressure against him because what, what does he do? And this is something I've talked about in the past, right? I want a quarterback that could extend the play. Now that doesn't necessarily mean extend the play with your legs and running ability. Like Lamar Jackson, extending the play literally means, can you slide left? Can you take a back pedal, take a few steps back? Can you slide right just enough to have enough space to throw the ball? And that's what Jordan Love has been doing, in my opinion. I think he's done a phenomenal job in terms of creating space and creating windows to throw. And I think for him, I think you have to get home without sending pressure, um, dropping more uh, seven, of dropping whatever you got to do. Fred Warner on their tight end, um, their tight ends aren't great, in my opinion. Um, now they're good. They're 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 good tight ends. I'm not saying they're not like good, but he should take away their tight ends. Now, Dre Greenlaw on the other end, um, they might put him in coverage, and I think that's something where they could could work. Um, Denomino Lenore in the slot. Anyone in the slot is going to get picked on because they like to run slot fades. They like to do things out of the slot. Um, so I think that's the way the Packers should get after the 49ers. Now, this could be a very high-scoring game, in my opinion. Like I think it, be, it could become a shootout, like you said. If the Packers want to stay in it offensively, it has to be a shootout. Does that worry you for the defense if it's a shootout? Now, no. The reason being, I do think this defense has been opportunistic with their turnover, um, you know, with their turnovers. Now, this defense, there have been some collapses over the, you know, over the second half of the season, but they haven't allowed points when those collapses usually come. That's been the main difference. They've been good with creating, uh, you know, creating turnovers. Now, turnovers are, again, uh, a matter of luck in some portions, but usually it's defensively. Are you in the right spot? Uh, are you in, you know, are you operating? Are you executing the play correctly? Because that's what allows you to be in the right spot to make these plays. And so I think when you talk about it in that sense, am I worried? Not necessarily. Why? One, I do think the 49ers are going to be able to control, um, or have, you know, have good success offensively, which is going to put Green Bay in a position where they're going to need to score. It's to me, the battle isn't between the 49ers defense and the Packers offense. It's can Green Bay get enough stops to keep their offense in the game? Because the difference with the Dallas game, Dallas scored at the end of the game. The difference with the Dallas game is because they got too pass heavy early on. 
that they didn't allow, uh, you know, themselves to kind of get back into that game because they ultimately did score 32 points. I don't care. I mean, a majority of it at the end was in garbage time and things like that. But Green Bay, they can score. That's 100%. Now, do I think, do I anticipate turnovers coming? That's not the way that I think. But I think more so the battle will be the opposite. 49ers offense versus Packers defense, because I think that's where Green Bay is going to be tasked with getting stops. And throughout certain times in the season, even against inferior opponents, they haven't always been able to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carcast 49er talk podcast is in here. Shout out to, to you, my man. Uh, make sure if you guys aren't subscribed to his channel, go subscribe to his channel while you're at it. Cause Gene sports subscribe to that channel as well. If you're on Rohan Chakavarti's personal channel, Come over, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. If you're on the Clutch Gene Sports channel, you already know what to do. Go to Rohan's channel, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Make sure you're giving us both the love. Uh, drop your comments in the section. Now, I have to ask. I have to bring it up, right? Real quick, though, before we say this, I want to get your reaction. Cowboys are keeping head coach Mike McCarthy for the 2024 season. Adam Schefter, he tweeted that out. He is entering the final year of his deal and he will be the Cowboys head coach for another season. Real quick, what do you think about that? Oh, my God. They got Jason Garrett back. They got Jason Garrett back. That's exactly what I think is making the wrong decision. He obviously hasn't proved he could win a playoff game for you. He hasn't proved that his offense gets better. He hasn't proved that his team gets better. His team's obviously not prepared. They're literally having Jason Garrett back. The only difference is, is their team's actually making the playoffs. That's the only difference is their team's making the playoffs. They're, they're content. Um, Jerry Jones is content making the playoffs and not winning playoff games. He he is the opposite of what the 49ers are. The 49ers want to win Super Bowls and championships. Jerry Jones wants to win enough games to make the playoffs. He wants enough seats filled during the regular season, enough seats filled during the, the first playoff game, whether they host a playoff game or not. He, he's content. And to me, that's... The wrong decision they should have fired him looked for a coach to actually make this team better um and then also as an owner you don't come out and say right before a head coach is about to go play he's being evaluated what does that mean you're gonna tell the media that you're evaluating the head coach on this performance and then you're gonna keep him why'd you put all that damn pressure on your head coach and and the football team as a whole just to keep the damn guy like, obviously, if you're going to put all that pressure on him and he loses in that kind of fashion, you're expecting to get rid of him. I think they're making a mistake, but I'm glad they are because guess what? Then I actually keep kicking their ass in the playoffs. Then I actually keep kicking their ass in the regular season because obviously that's an unserious franchise. Now, funny you bring up Jason Garrett because Schefter's follow-up tweet was that this is not an unusual move for the Dallas organization. They allowed Jason Garrett to coach into the final year of his deal. What's going to happen is the Cowboys are punting on this upcoming season. They are saying goodbye, and then they're going to let Mike McCarthy go. Now, it's crazy because I wonder what Philadelphia does. If Philadelphia retains Nick Sirianni, I think that you know this move gets a little bit less hate. If Philadelphia moves on, oh boy, people are going to praise Jeffrey Lurie like crazy, and they're going to bash on Jerry Jones for a little bit of time. I think what's going to happen, Rohan, I think I think the Eagles keep Nick Sirianni, and the reason why they keep Nick Sirianni is because last year he just took him to the playoffs. This year his excuse is they're hurt. 
that's fair. But should have kept Steichen. Oh, well. Uh, I'm not trying to talk to you, Siri. Why are you trying to talk to me, Siri? Um, but yeah, but I think that's that's Nick Sirianni's excuse. Um, he He's going to have that excuse of, and I think Jeff literally might give him the, the, the pass of, you did not have A.J. Brown. Now, if he, if he stays, A.J. Brown's going to be like, I want out. Trade me. And then that's where things get tricky. Is like, you just kept the head coach knowing you're going to have to trade one of your your star players. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. when you, when you completely pull down everything from your social media pages related to the team that you're playing for that are in the playoffs, that speaks high volume. And I think that is a big issue right now. I have to bring it up. I brought it up with Josh Harper, right? I brought it up with my guy Harp and okay. I had to ask him Jordan Love versus Brock Purdy, right? Okay. Now there's two different things. Jordan Love likely loses his game. Brock pretty likely wins this game. Now the question I asked him and I have to ask you, I'm not, I, I answered this too. So I'll, I'll answer it on this one as well, but I have to ask you because if you had to choose a quarterback, not necessarily because of their team, not necessarily because of this playoff game. If you had to choose a young quarterback for the next five year, five to 10 years. Now we're saying everything is healthy. They have obviously they're with their own respective teams. Which quarterback would you choose and why? Now I'm going to you didn't say know this, and you didn't know this question was coming because we did not talk about the show this week. So you didn't know this is coming. So everyone, if he the way he answers is truly off the top of his head on how he feels. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it this way. Um when you're talking about who I want for the next five years, I sent out a tweet earlier this week. Uh, I forget what day, when I was ranking my playoff quarterbacks in response, Ryan ranked his. I gave high praise to Jordan Love. I put him, I think, at four. I think he is right behind the upper echelon, which are all three of the AFC quarterbacks. I believe I wait. You had Jordan Love at four? Yeah. Where'd you have Brock Purdy? Six. I had CJ Stroud at five. Hold on. So I was getting killed. 49ers Twitter was killing me for having Brock Brock Purdy lower than CJ Shroud because of the CJ Shroud's phenomenal year. But you had Jordan Love and Bro- and CJ Sh- or Jordan Love and CJ Shroud over Brock. Yeah. You, I love I love you. You bold and you I love how you stand on you stand on business. You don't care what people think. You stand on business. No, I mean I, I personally thought Jordan Love had a really good second half of the year. And I, I, I even said on Twitter, maybe I'm projecting a little too much because again, the sample size that I'm involving for Jordan Love is quite literally like the last eight games of the season. That's where he really started to turn things on. But the reason that I'm saying it, I, I, I prefaced it with two different details. One, six of the eight quarterbacks on my ranking are top 13, 14 quarterbacks in my eyes. That's my franchise quarterback category. And so when you talk about the franchise cat- quarterback category, I think the margin, you know, the margin that you're talking about is very slim within one another. You know, I think that because, again, it's not like it's I'm ranking one guy at 20 and ranking one guy at 13. Every guy in there is in my top 13 and might be back to back to back in that sense. But the reason that I had, you know, I I do have Brock Purdy at six. And then I'm going to say one more thing. The other part I think that this playoff is showing specifically in the NFC is that the teams right now. The roster, uh, I think roster, uh, what do you call it? 
the way that you build your roster is becoming more important in the NFL. When you look at the when you look at the NFC specifically, when if you were going to create a quarterback list of the top quarterbacks in the NFC, the three guys that you might have even put at the top three all got eliminated. Matthew Stafford would have been at my number one. Their team got eliminated to Jared Goff and the Lions. Um, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott probably would have put, if it's this season, Prescott over Hurts. Prescott gets eliminated by Love and then uh, and the Packers, and then Hurts gets eliminated by Mayfield and the Buccaneers. Why? Because if we go back to running the football. I don't think th- neither of those three teams ran the football with good eats, even though they had the capability to in this game. When you look at the roster complexion, Tampa Bay has a very good defense, and they were able to run the football just enough to get things going. Also, Philadelphia has a horrendous defense. If you look at the other teams, Dallas Cowboys, we talked about that matchup. And then the Rams versus the Lions. The Rams, I mean, you can say whatever you want about the referees. The Rams got the ball five times inside Lions territory, and they scored a touchdown once. You know, it's about roster complexion. And I think that that's becoming more and more valuable. And so that's why I think ranking Brock Purdy at six to me doesn't affect my status of whether I think that the 49ers can make a Super Bowl or not, because I think roster complexion is becoming even more and more important in the NFL. Even if you look at the AFC teams and teams that went along, the Chiefs look probably as weak as as they've looked roster-wise over the last few years this season, despite Patrick Mahomes being a top quarterback. Josh Allen and the Bills? That roster right now is looking even more depleted and depleted. They might make the Super Bowl, but that roster is getting more depleted and depleted. Who was the best team overall? It was the Baltimore Ravens. And there's maybe you don't have Lamar Jackson as your top three quarterback overall. But Lamar Jackson's team right now is the strongest team by far in the AFC. And there's a reason that they're the four seed, you know, and or sorry, the one seed. So there, I think that that's kind of the way that I'm going. And so, again, my two caveats, I'm saying with my rankings is that I think roster complexion is mattering even more in the NFL. We've seen that with the MC playoffs. I also think that all of those guys in my ranking are franchise quarterbacks in the top six. And so that's where I think the margin for error is slim. This all leads me to say though, if I was going to pick a quarterback, I would pick Jordan love for the next five years. I do think his upside is higher. I think if you're talking about a ceiling, Jordan love provides a higher ceiling than Brock Purdy. However, if you were talking about it in a team perspective, I think the 49ers would keep with Brock Purdy, and I think the, the, the Packers would choose Jordan Love. Brock Purdy's intangibles provide so much for the organization. He's a clear leader. He has won over the locker room. They all kind of, when you if you ask any player in that locker room about their quarterback, they are praising the hell out of Brock Purdy. I just saw earlier today, Chase Young's been here six months. He just dubbed Brock Purdy the best quarterback in the NFL. You know, it's things like that. And you can talk about it. It's media talk. It's cheap. It's whatever. But it's clear he's won over that locker room. I can think you can say the same for Jordan Love. He, he, I mean, his mannerisms are similar to Aaron Rodgers. He looks very similar to Aaron Rodgers in terms of the way that his footwork goes. He obviously has a lot of differences to his game as well. But it's clear that, you know, he's their guy right now. So that's my answer. But that's kind of my reasoning behind it. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely agree with you. And so did, so did Jay Harp. Um, and his reasoning was very similar to yours, right? Um, before I before I give my my spiel on why I would choose Jordan Love over Brock for the next five years or, or whatever I would, but make sure I hit that like and subscribe button on both channels, faithful. Um, let's get me to 500. I'm at 449 roughly. Let's get me to 500. That's 50 more subscribers. Let's get me there. Um, let Rohan's like at 1,000. What are you? 1,200. Let's get him to 2,000. 
Uh, let's, let's get it there. So the reason why I would take um, Jordan Love over the, for the five, next five to ten years is upside, like you said, right? Now, uh, the reason why I asked this question was because Jay Harp kept expl- saying A-Rod-ish, A-Rod-ish. Kept using those words, like some throws are A-Rod-ish. And I was like, damn, if you're using A-Rod-ish, and this is someone who played in the league, played in the NFL, um, he knows what he's knows what he's talking about, obviously. So for me, I was like, man, like if he's saying this, let me ask him this. Who would you take? And he said the same thing. Like it's all upside. He goes, both quarterbacks are great. Obviously, when you're comparing these quarterbacks, they're they're phenomenal quarterbacks. Now, my standpoint on it was, I don't think it's a knock to Brock Purdy to compare him to Jordan Love, because Jordan Love to the back end of the season played like a top five quarterback in the league, going 18 touchdowns to one interception. Leading, and you also got to realize he's leading a bunch of young rookie receivers. Christian Watson didn't really play this year. Um, Aaron Jones was out majority of the year, so he had to put a lot of a lot of the weight on his shoulders. And you're obviously obviously having to replace Aaron Rodgers. That's a lot of pressure, right? Struggled at the beginning of the year, and then towards like the middle of the year, started picking it up, and then went on a on a run. Um, so for me, I thought the same thing as you. It was like, well, building a roster, and a lot of people need to understand that when you build a team. You don't just go get a quarterback. That's never mm-hmm. how a team NFL has won. I think mm-hmm. the NFL has gone away, and I think a lot of fans have gone away from the perspective of if you're w- building a franchise, you have to understand you have to have a complete team or you're not going to win, even if you have a great quarterback. No team in the NFL is winning with just a quarterback. Like If you can look around the league, it's not happening. Justin Herbert cannot carry a team because, one, his defense has given up more points than any team in the NFL since he has been drafted. It's not gonna. You're not gonna win games that way. So for the 49ers, they have the perfect recipe: a young quarterback who knows who he is, knows. And, and I love, I love the interview he said today, Rohan. And for me, this is a phenomenal. You're talking about Brock's interview. Brock's interview. Mm-hmm. So he his one of his answers was, "I'm not Josh Allen. I'm not Patrick Mahomes. But they're not me. I'm. I'm. I know who I am as myself. I know what I can do. I know who I am. I'm fine within myself." And I think that's the biggest thing for Brock Purdy for being knowing his strengths and his weaknesses. That is the biggest key for him because it allows him to be great. It allows him to know what he can and can't do. And that's and it's not a knock to choose Jordan Love because of his upside, right? Brock Purdy is phenomenal. His ceiling, his ceiling is, in my opinion, I think his floor is a lot higher than Jordan Love. I think his floor is a lot higher. Now, the ceiling-wise, the reason why the ceiling is Jordan Love is because he has those freakish traits, the strong arm. That's freakish. Like, that's able to throw off your back foot, a 30-yard touchdown on the money with pressure in your face in a playoff game. That is the upside, right? Now, Brock Purdy is going to – he's going to dice you up uh, with pinpoint accuracy on time, throwing with anticipation. Um, So, for me, either way you go, it's not a knock on either of them. It was like I like I told uh, Josh Harper the other day, and I'm gonna tell you everyone now, we're not comparing Brock per, uh, Brock Purdy to a guy in the at the back end of the league, right? We're comparing right. Brock Purdy to a franchise quarterback, to a quarterback right. that was drafted in the first round. That speaks volumes on what Brock Purdy has done in his career so far. That speaks volumes. So for me, um, I think it was a very interesting conversation. Um, now. As a 49ers fan, I'm taking Brock Purdy all day, every day, obviously, because the Niners are going to win this game. Brock Purdy is going to lead us to where we need to go, hopefully. Um, and that's that's the road we should be we should be kind of focused on. Now, when we when we talk about this player versus this player for the next five to ten years, it's more so 
looking at the players as a whole and actually looking at them in the sense of building a, a, a roster. If you had to choose one, who would you build behind? Um, hey, Marco, Dallas is keeping Mike McCarthy. You know, 49ers throwback. We just talked about that maybe like five to ten minutes ago. We laughed at the Dallas Cowboys because they're an unserious franchise. Make sure you guys are all hitting that like and subscribe button. Make sure if you're in the chat, you're dropping your comments as well. Make sure you drop your comments because the next the next one is Kyle Shanahan versus Matt LaFleur. And then after that, we're going to do a quick score prediction. Um, so I want you guys to drop your score prediction as well. Um, there's There should be around. I believe there's last time I checked, um, there's a lot of you guys in the chat. I see a lot of you guys tuned in. So make sure you guys drop your score predictions. Um, Kyle Shanahan versus Matt LaFleur. Now, they work together, right? Um, do you remember, Rohan, do you remember the, the video that went viral where Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur, um, I have to answer this because this is funny. Uh, what's up with a Christmas tree, bro? So my wife wanted to keep it up until February. Uh, we went on our honeymoon um, early December, so we didn't get to keep it up uh as long as we normally do normally we put it up uh, right after thanksgiving um since we didn't put it up early she wanted to keep it up it has one of these one of these uh one of the ornaments says mr and mrs so we're keeping it up until she wants me to take it down um so that's why it's up but great question great question not football related i appreciate it but happy wife happy life so i'm doing it um Kyle Shanahan out of four. So there was a video, Rohan, that went viral um, after one of the playoff games. They didn't really dap each other up. Like they like kind of like shoulder bump, but like they shook hands and like kind of like kind of became a thing on Twitter. 49ers like, oh, maybe they don't like, they don't really like each other. Maybe they do like each other. But there was a video that went viral where after the Niners whooped on him, Matt LaFleur didn't really shake his hand. Like it was like a quick like boom, boom, but like a shoulder tap, like are they friends or are they not friends because they worked together for a long time kyle brought them up in the same system i believe they're friends obviously i think they think they love each other um but are they friends or not i i think so i think so i mean it's also a part of the business i mean a lot of people talked about you know the 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 issue when the 49ers called in on aaron Rodgers in that 20 what 21 draft or 20 the the year that Debo Samuel was in conversations to be traded, uh, maybe 2022. I you think know, it was 2021. Wrote. I think it was 2021, the year we drafted Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. So there was, you know, conversations about Aaron Rodgers literally the day before the draft and things like that. People made a story. I think they're friends, but I mean, they're obviously two very coaches. And in my opinion, two coaches that could be in a coach of the year conversation. We've heard names, Kevin Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans. It seems like they're the frontrunners. Personally, I think Kyle Shanahan should be in the coach of the year conversation because he has, you know, uh, the best or the second best team. And he has also never won the award. Uh, but Matt LaFleur, I mean, you, he won't get it because you usually don't reward coaches for losing as much as he did in the beginning of the season. But he they had a season very reminiscent to the 49ers 2021 year, except much less talent. That they did it with um and that makes it even more impressive the job that matt lafleur had because they were not trending in the playoffs then they went six of their last eight not only did they do that but matt lafleur was integral in the in the development of jordan love throughout this time and the packers are now in the playoffs and won a playoff game so i think you know both are very good coaches both obviously with similar schemes that's kind of the main feature between the two but this will be an intriguing battle yeah, I think it's it's very intriguing because Kyle's owned them in the playoffs, two two uh, wins to no losses. 
Uh, Matt LaFleur is trying to get that win, trying to get that monkey off his back. Obviously, the 49ers owned the Packers in the playoffs in the re- recent um, years. Obviously, if you look at Matt LaFleur, he had the better quarterback. He had Aaron Rodgers at one point. Um, he had Devontae Adams. So for me, looking at everything, it's very interesting that Matt LaFleur versus Kyle Shanahan coming from the same system. Remember when they were in, in Washington um, under Mike Shanahan, Kyle's dad, and it was they were labeled as Kyle Shanahan's friends. Like it was literally the NFL was like, oh, that's Mike Shanahan. And then he hired all of Kyle's friends because they were all young. Like it was a very young coaching staff. Now it ended up being a very talented coaching staff, obviously Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur. But I, I think that shoulder bump and that vi- video that went viral, I think that was more of a sign of respect. And what I mean by a sign of respect, Rohan, is have you ever played your best friend or your little brother uh, out of sport or something and either one of them gets the best of you or you're dominating the other one and you're getting under their skin, you're kind of talking that talk and, and you're oh, yeah. there, you, you got them so pissed off, right? Same situation. That's sometimes where you get the most heated in those situations. Oh, you know, same what I mean? situation, right? Like, for example, if, if you're with your little brother, right, and you're beating your little brother, whether it's Madden, basketball, whatever, you're dominating them, right? Obviously, it's your little brother. You're not going to let him win. Your little brother starts getting mad, and then you throw in, like, the one little jab, like, ha, <laughs> ha. Like, you start, like, giving him, like, little, just little things, not, not really talking smack, but you're just throwing little subtle things. Similar right. situation, man. They're they're best friends, and as a best friend, you still want to you still want to get the best of your your friend, right? Similar, so I think that's that's what it kind of is. It's like more of a, a brotherhood, like a brotherhood, and getting under each other's skin. I think that's what it happened. Like he wasn't trying to sit there and talk; he just got his ass whooped. But he, he was he was still talk about, oh, congratulations, bro, go win a Super Bowl. You just kicked my ass. No, no, you kicked my ass. I'll talk to you later. Like it is what it is. Um, right now, I need a score prediction. Now the 49ers are. Obviously, they're playing Saturday night. Now, the 49ers are favored by nine points. So when I ask this question, it comes when I want to I want to really know, like, first, do you think the 49ers cover the spread? Uh, that's kind of more so uh, my thing. So we, we'll get out of here right after that. But do you think the 49ers, it's, right now, they're favored by 10 points. Do you think the 49ers cover? I actually do. I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think they covered the spread. I'd even probably take the over. I don't see Green Bay stopping the 49ers' offense. Now, I think Green Bay can score. I do think that they're going to be able to get a few, you know, a few scores in on the 49ers. I do think that's possible given the way that they've been able to make explosive plays. I trust Jordan Love to facilitate some of the offense. But right now, I think, what do you call it? I think the 49ers are going to score upwards of at least 30 points in this game. My prediction yesterday, and I'm going to stick with it, was 41-24. to I think the 49ers score a ton of points in this game. I understand Green Bay has some talent on the defense. I just don't know if that scheme is going to keep up with the 49ers, and that's why I had them covering the spread, covering the over, and winning the game. That's going to be, like, that's my official prediction, covering spread, over, and winning the game, but... We'll see what goes on. My score prediction, 41-24. to 24. So I know the 49ers were favored by 9. It was ten, First, it was 10 points. It dropped to 9.5. I believe it's sitting around 9 to 10 points uh, at the moment as we speak. I don't, I'm don't. i not too sure if the Niners cover the spread. And the reason why I think they don't cover the spread is late-minute touchdowns, right? Late, just late score. Um, I think the score, my score prediction I gave on Monday, I'm going to stick to it. 
Um, I think it's going to be around 30, uh, 34, 35 to roughly 27, 28. And, and the reason why I say those two is I think it's going to be a one-touchdown game. I think the Packers offense uh, late, the 49ers defense is going to have them corralled, and then late in the fourth quarter or late in the third quarter, they score a touchdown, and then they, they're, they're trying to fight back into this game. Um, and the 49ers are just running the ball uh, consistently on them. So for me, that's where I think they're going to be. Um, I know you got to go. Um, I'll stay and answer any questions. If anyone has any questions, um, I'll go ahead and answer uh, Pern uh, and more uh, this question. Great. Um, so why would anyone wish injury on Brock Purdy during the game? Are the Packers this scared? Um, so the Milwaukee ESPN um, guy, he did say he wants he would oh. take a a, um, a late penalty on um, Brock Purdy as long as it was worth it um, to rattle him and get him knocked around or whatever. I don't necessarily I don't I'm, I don't know how this I took that comment because I I don't I don't I didn't see it as him wanting Brock to get hurt like because I he, think it's more so can he rattle. bounce back from adversity that kind of thing I think is what he meant yeah because what what I took from it because he ends up talking about yeah and then later in the game you're gonna, he's going to be playing he's going to be seeing ghosts. Right, like so, like he's talking about him playing later in the game after that 15-yard penalty. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think it's a stupid comment because one, he wasn't clear. Two, wanting a late hit penalty is 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 on a player in general um, is terrible. Now we could also talk about hits that weren't called penalties. Look at Matthew Stafford. Right, look how he got hit. He got he got rocked. He he had a hit where he should have been out of the game potentially. It wasn't called a flag. Now, was it to rattle him? I don't know. Obviously, we don't. We'll never know because we're not in the locker rooms, we're not in the meeting rooms and stuff like that. I don't think the Lions would do that. I think it was a, as a more so just a big hit. Um, but you could make a illegal hit or a late penalty a legal hit. Like technically, you really can. So at the end of the day, I think it was more so just trying to get Brock rattled than anything. I think they they, they were expecting him to continue playing when he said the comment because he later said. How will he bounce back? Will he see ghost after that hit? Um, so he wasn't wanting Brock Purdy to get completely injured and knocked out of the game. Um, I know, Rohan, you got to go. So um, out of respect for your time, I know you got to go go do your thing. Make sure you guys are also tuned in. Clutch Gene Sports, Rohan Chakravarti's channel. Rohan, do you want to plug when you'll be live in your Twitter channel? Yeah, we will not be live tomorrow. I am traveling. Friday we will be live. But Marco... Great show. When are you going to be live next? So I'll be live uh, I'm possibly tomorrow. Um, there's a chance I'll be live tomorrow. Got to figure out the details. Um, uh, maybe going live with uh, Wayne Breezy tomorrow. Um, so stay tuned in. I'll let you guys know on Twitter or on the YouTube channel um, if I'll be li live with Wayne Breezy. And then on Friday, I'll be live with Ashley Ariana. Uh, we'll be talking 49ers versus the Packers game. Make sure you guys are tuned in to both channels. Clutch Gene Sports, Rohan Chakravarti's personal channel. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. And thank you guys for tuning in. We're out. Appreciate it.